Welcome back to the Vibrantly Gray podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Working. Here in the Vibrantly Gray community, we support older women in pursuing their big dreams. I believe that age should never be a barrier to achieving one's goals and living a meaningful life. In today's episode, I hope you will be inspired and empowered to live your life vibrantly. Today, I'm chatting with Tanya Fletcher Scott about her new business, Femdacity. Tanya started Femdacity, a company that sells absorbent panties and pads during the height of the pandemic. She transitioned her career from process engineer to entrepreneurship in August of 21. Her products keep the sustainability of our planet in mind since they are reusable. And a core mission of her business is to be a part of the solution to period poverty, a social justice issue faced by people who are low income, without homes, in college, imprisoned, or trans, non-binary. I love what Tanya is doing in her business, the environmental ethic her products represent, and the ethic of care she demonstrates in her partnership with nonprofit organizations. So if you're interested in starting your own business or weaving in service to others in your current business model, you're going to benefit greatly from listening to Tanya. First of all, very excited about talking with you today, Tanya. And I wanted to, I guess, start off a little bit with how you have conceived your business, what your big dream is surrounding that business. And if you can just tell me a little bit of your journey. Yeah. So it's funny. I ha- I'm a mom of girls. So now my girls are 17 years old and 20 years old. And, you know, if you raise girls or if you're in a household full of girls, you know, cycle sync. And of course, I have a background in engineering. So what would happen when cycles with sync was everybody would use mom stuff. And then, you know, we were always running out of uh, feminine hygiene products, disposable products. And, you know, you're making that evening run to the store to, to restock and things of that nature. And, you know, that was our life. And that's the life of many people. And then it was a few years ago, I read an article in the New York Times And I learned about the whole idea of period poverty in the third world and, you know, the superstitions behind it. It left me wondering, like, this actually happens in the world that, you know, Mm -hmm. if the girl's on her cycle, she's 12 years old, she gets kicked out the house and she has to sit in a cave or, you know, there's a superstition that uh, bad things will happen to the household, you know, just really crazy things for us because we don't live in those cultures. Right. Well, then I started to do a bit of research and I said, surely this can't happen <laughs> in the in the U.S. And although we don't have the, those crazy superstitions, we do have what's called period poverty, where, you know, low income folks have to make a decision between putting food on the table or buying. Products. And so what happens is, particularly for young girls, they'll often stay home. Or they'll mm-hmm. have to resort to things like toilet paper or socks and just you know, things that really aren't meant to manage feminine hygiene. Or if it's a gal who's not in school, who's working, she may stay home. So you think about, we've, you know, there's a lot in the news about the wage gap. You know, this, of course, exacerbates the wage gap. And of course, 
you know, lack of education is a is a contributing factor to it. So this is happening right in our own backyard, particularly in, you know, lower income communities. This happens. And I've talked to teachers about it and and they and they say, yeah, it's real. You know, we have girls who either participate in PE or they just don't come to school because they can't afford it. So right. And yeah, so you would it, it is in our backyard. Yeah. Right. And I thank you for bringing this really important issue to our listeners' attention because, you know, you said that we don't have the stigma surrounding menstruation in the United States as much as in other countries, but there's still a stigma. Oh, absolutely. And And, and it's funny you say that because even socializing the fact that I have this company and this product. I struggled with, well, what do you call it? (laughs) Right. Explaining it to my husband, he was just like, oh, please don't call it period panties. You know, it was just. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's kind of, I guess what I would call the the ick factor. Yes. Like it's got to do with blood and, you know, and it's sort of hidden and you're, and you're kind of ashamed, you know, when you, when you have it, or if you have an accident during your period, do you think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't know about period poverty? Well, and we don't talk about it, right? Right. Well, we don't talk about about any aspect. (laughs) We don't Um, talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, so think about it. You've got a topic already that's, that's a little uncomfortable to talk about, even in, in the group of women, it's a bit uncomfortable. And then, you know, there's the economical piece of it, which, you know, who wants to say, Hey, I can't pay my bills. Right. And so you've got that combination of double shame to contend with. So yeah, it is difficult. So the main reason that this is an issue at all is because of the patriarchy. Yes, absolutely. You know, if uh, if if those in power experience this and related to this, I I just don't believe that it would be an issue at all. It, it would be free like candy. <laughs> it would be free, and you know, being in this space, you know, there's there's legislation that's out there to make these products free and bathrooms and and government buildings and schools. And it's amazing the pushback, you know, that's out there. But there has been movement. I will say in the last three to five years, there has been a lot of movement. So I'm excited about it. Well, and kudos to you for being a part of that movement. You know, little, little ripples. Uh, turn ripples. into big waves. Uh, so, so you said that you know low income people are affected from from my reading. Uh, also, people without homes, you know, and Absolutely. some of these have you know overlaps with it. A couple of things that surprised me in terms of groups being impacted are college students. I can remember yeah. being that poor college student. Now, of course, I had a support system, but. You're not always asking for money from mom and dad when you're you know, hundreds of miles away. And right. I can remember having to resort to toilet paper or to, you know, some yeah. other means, you know, until I could find more suitable means. So it's a real thing. But and, you know, let's let's be real. There are times as women when you're caught off guard 
and you're just not yes, prepared. Yes. <laughs> so yes, you, ab- you sometimes absolutely. have to resort. <laughs> yes. That's when you use the old DL toilet paper trick. Exactly. <laughs> 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 so that yes. that population surprised me, though I don't know. I guess I've blocked out some of my college, you know, poverty <laughs> experiences, which were yes. real. But I was also, I don't know, surprise probably isn't the correct word, but it got my attention that people who are imprisoned are also Absolutely. affected by it. I guess I I naively thought that the institution would make sure that basic care hygiene, you know, healthcare would be taken care of. Absolutely. So that's another area. Most prisons, they operate where those toiletry items are purchased in a commissary. And, you know, you have, depending on if you have the funds, you can purchase them. So what if you're in a situation where you don't have the funds? What do you resort to? So a lot of those women, again, resort to scraps of of rags, socks, things of that nature. And, you know, and it's unsanitary. Those groups in particular shocked me. I, you know, I guess that I was assuming that low income people would be horribly affected by it. And some of the reading I did, it was oftentimes a choice between menstrual products and, and food. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a terrible bind to be living through. One of the things that also struck me is that period poverty and the definition of it, it's not just a lack of access to products, but it's also a lack of education around menstruation um, hygiene. Does your organization, and we'll get into in just a little bit what your organization does, but do you address that issue of a lack of education? Well, right now, because we've we've just started out, we are focusing on donating our products, particularly our cloth pads to pregnancy resource centers. Again, because these are women who are just, they're in crisis for various reasons, and they're going to a resource center looking for help, looking for support, providing their immediate need, right? Um, Giving them support, giving them clothes, pads, food, that kind of thing. Our goal is to partner with local schools, particularly schools that are lower income, to be able to educate, to be able to socialize. I think the whole idea is if we can talk about it and treat periods and cycles and things of that nature as normal, then we can begin to have some conversations about, okay, what does good hygiene look like? What does exercising, Mm -hmm. how do you care for yourself during your cycle, before your cycle, after your cycle? You know, these are skills that aren't just applicable to young, applicable to women throughout their, um, their, their journey. Even, even post-menopausal women could benefit from this, just (laughs) basic health. Yes, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about your organization, Femdacity. Are you doing this solo? Do you rely on volunteers? What are some of your activities that you that you engage in? So yes. just kind of give me the full scope. Yeah, so Femdacity started in 
2019, but we didn't have a product until 2020. Thanks to the pandemic, right? We didn't have a product, yes. and we didn't and we didn't launch until 2021. Believe it or not, so long journey there. It's a solo effort right now, with you know yeah, me okay. being the designer uh, of the product, and we do partner with a company in. Pennsylvania that manufactures because although I have some sewing, sewing skill, it's not at the point where you know, <laughs> where I can create product. Uh, so we do partner with a, a a company, and it's important to me that this is a made in America product too, to ensure yes. a good quality. So yeah, so I'm the one uh, focusing on marketing focusing on the website, uh, social media. I had no idea how important social media is, but it is focusing on that. Yes. yes. And uh, we, in the last, I would say nine months have started doing in-person markets. And so that's become a family affair because, you know, just the setup oh. and managing the tables. So my husband helps out with that and my daughters help out, you know, as they're available, they help out with that. So that's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's pretty cool that it's a, a family affair. So what has the response been to your product? I would say, so if you're starting off and just solely focusing on the online space, it's so challenging. It is so challenging just because yes. the internet is so big, right? And, and you spend yes. a lot of time trying to help people to find you. In-person markets, they are captive audience. Yes. And so when I get folks who walk up to the table, you can tell the light goes off because they, they'll see, like, is this what I think it is? <laughs> yeah. The yeah. product almost sells itself. Okay. And so, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about periods, which is what I designed the product for. But I would say half of my customers are women who are in their 50s, 60s, who are suffering from bladder leakage. And so- <laughs> well, Welcome to our older years. So I get a lot of those women who, uh, I don't have to convince them. They just rush up and just say, okay, do you have my size? Okay. <laughs> 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 okay, well, so let's let's get a, a bigger picture of, of what your um, your product looks like, what it's designed to do, all that kind of thing, the cost, yes. all that kind of thing. So I initially, as we've talked, I initially designed it for periods. Again, selfishly meeting my family's needs. You know, a lot of these products that we make are are selfishly for ourselves. So uh, to a degree. I initially designed it for that and I designed it to be a high absorbency panty because I didn't want, okay. you know, I felt like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to do the panty liner style. I need something that's going to do heavy duty, that's going to hold up to yep. overnights, you know, heavy days, that kind of thing. So it's designed to that. And, and so that's where we've attracted a lot of, you know, gals, women who have heavier cycles. They're a little bit unsure about reusables. You know, there are some mm -hmm. on the market now, but it's like, huh, is that really going to work? Or ours is, is designed for, you know, just the overnight for heavy days. So there, there's that market and, you know, we've done well with that, well response with that. And then, as I mentioned, we've got the bladder leakage market. And so I have a mom who's 81 years old and, you know, she supports her daughter and she bought one. And then two days later, I went to visit her. She was like, can I have 
three more of those. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yes. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you sell them in individually or do you need several of them? How, How does it work in terms of actually using them? We sell them in singles. We also sell them in three packs, you know, with really good discounts. So the panties are, um, again, they're high absorbency. So they are $39.99 and then a little over $100 for the three pack. The three pack, the way that we market those is we say, hey, you wear one, you wash one, you stash one, right? Yeah. And just keep it, keep yeah, it moving keep that, that way. Yes. Exactly. And so, and, and a lot of women love the three packs just for that purpose, right? right, right. And depending on you know, what's going on, they may need more. I have Mm -hmm. a neighbor who has a condition where she recognizes, okay, I need more. I need to change multiple times a day. And so she finds that she's bought a free pack, but she actually needs more to be able to to support herself. Okay. And you can just throw them into the washer and dryer. Yes. And yeah, I'm, I'm all into the easy button. So okay, you, know, good. You, you rinse them out, cold water, and then throw them into the wash and then the dryer. Well, one of the things I like about your product, there's many things to like, but one of the things I like is that it's convenient and you're solving a problem, but in a more environmentally friendly way. Well, and also there, there's a third piece of it, and I get to talk to a lot of the ladies about it, particularly the older ladies, is they say, hey, you know what? I'm wearing these frumpy, you know, disposables, and we oh, yeah. want to look cute too, right? Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Even if no one sees it, I just yeah. want to know, sure, that I want to know that I'm looking cute. <laughs> I want to look cute too. <laughs> When you donate product to, do you donate them to nonprofits? Do you give them directly? How do you, how do you reach women who don't have the hundred dollars for a three pack? Yeah, it's, it's donating through the, uh, the nonprofit. So the pregnancy resource center is one that's a nonprofit local churches, whenever there's local drives, because I'm really, yeah, I'm really focused on local you know, being yes. known locally and, you know, getting the brand out there and letting folks know, hey, you know, we're in the Atlanta area. We're right in your backyard. You know, we want to partner with local organizations. So yes, yes. yes. Well, and um, I will uh, post the link to your business in the show notes so awesome. that people know where and in the Facebook group so that people will know where to uh, to yeah. find you. And and do you you sell online? Absolutely. So we sell okay. uh, U.S. as well as Canada. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, well, is there anything else that you would like us to know about your business? I will say that our goal, so we're, we're small, we're small and mighty and getting the word out. And it's, it's, it's really exciting, to be honest with you, to be able to empower women mm-hmm. with this product, because, you know, we've talked about the two main uses. But I've also, I also have a small amount of women who are using it for postpartum, you know, okay. young women who, uh, yeah. who just having babies and they recognize, okay, I need something to help manage postpartum. And then, you know, let's be real sweating, right? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing too. Yeah. So being able to manage that. And so, you know, my dream for this business is to, to have it grow and to be able to 
to hire women who are, are you know, marginalized economically, uh, just, and also who have a dream of starting their own business. You know, mm -hmm. I have over 20 years uh, in corporate America, and I would say in the last five years, I had this dream for this business, and I really felt like I had to hide it, right? I almost had to be two people, one who has this dream, and they're kind of working on, you know, what we call today the side hustle, and then, you know, there's the corporate Tanya, and I feel like, you know, you've got to bring your into everything, right? Yes. And so yes. I would love for this business to be a place where we're hiring women who can support the business, help the business, but also help and support them in their journey. Yes. Yes. And they can it's, bring their whole selves. Mm -hmm. It's it's a, a different business model than, than corporate America, but I really believe that that business model is the most viable one in the future, that it's an organizational climate of care. I think is where we need to go yes. in, our, in our work lives. Yes. Well, was and there we any know that small business is the engine, is the oh, engine yes. that runs this country. And women owned yes. small businesses. Absolutely. Right? I don't have the exact percentage in my brain right now, but it's a pretty high percentage of small businesses that are women owned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so absolutely. I'm proud that we're both a part of that. Yay, that that's right. Absolutely. Uh, but, <laughs> so you were feeling some discontent in your corporate life. Yeah. And sort of that split sort of personality feeling where you weren't be bringing your whole self to your work. Um, so was there any time when you thought to yourself, I'm... 50, 51, why am I thinking about starting a new venture at this time in my life? No, I just, <laughs> I will say Yay. no, but I, I think it was circumstances that pushed me there. I think if, if it was, we weren't in the pandemic, if things were normal, I probably wouldn't have had that impetus, but, you know, at the time, you know, we were right in the middle of the pandemic I had just finished business school, and if anybody's gone through graduate business school, you know, it's, they teach you the, the book stuff, but the, it also is designed to kind of reframe your mind. Yes. So I started to think differently about, hmm, what do I really want out of yeah. this life? What do I really want my yeah. career? What are my real gifts? And then there were some personal things where, you know, my mother can't live in our area, she moved down. We moved her just because she had issues. My husband had health issues. And then, you know, we had social unrest going yes. on. So it was just the convergence of everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was in this high powered role and it just wasn't fun. It just yeah. wasn't fun. And I was beginning to dream more about, man, one day I'm going to have a business when I hit the magic number 65, <laughs> I'll be able to retire and have my Medicare and all of that stuff. And I realized, okay, if I hang out here, I'm probably going to get fired. <laughs> They're going to figure some... out that I don't yes. really want to do my job. <laughs> or I'm just going to, or I'm going to hurt myself, right? The stress yeah. level is, yes. it's something yes. bad's going to happen. And, you know, I, I did something that I never thought I would do, Kathy. I walked away from a job. I walked away from the job and I had no other job lined up. Yeah. 
And my bold. family that was, was 100% behind me. Oh, that's great. Well, that it makes great. it so much easier. So what kind of supports would have been appreciated by you as a slightly older woman who was contemplating starting a business? What, what were some things that would have been really helpful to you? In retrospect, um, I did have a boss who was very supportive. He was great. And I felt like I could be very honest with him. And I let him know, hey, it's kind of where my head's at. At the time, I said, I think I'm on a two-year transition plan. And he was very open to working with me on that. Good. Unfortunately, he left the organization a couple oh. of months later. <laughs> maybe so. that's maybe that's why he was so open. He he had his own transition period plan. Who knows? Right? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but I really think so. Yes, having that. But in retrospect, I really think it would have been great to be in a circle of of, and I don't know what where where that circle is and what it looks like. A circle of people who are thinking about leaving or starting a business because mm-hmm. you feel so lonely, and almost if if I'm going to be honest with you, you feel like you're giving up, like you're yeah. failing in a way. And yeah. I, I, you know, because I'm not following the model um, of, of success. And, you know, yes. cause I'm leaving a great yes. job and all of that, all of that stuff. So it, it would have been helpful and less lonely if there was a circle. Okay. So just something, some, a, a circle filled with people who were going through the same experience where yes. you might not have to explain, you know, how you're feeling as much, they get it because yes. they're experiencing it at the same time. Or they time. just recently did it or, you know, because yes. it's, it's what I found was there were either people who, you know, came out of school and started their business and they've been in their business for decades or people who are in corporate who are climbing the ladder, but no one, very few of the folks who were in between who were yeah. looking to make that leap. Right. And it's difficult. You know, I, I, when I started my business, I would consider myself being self-taught. And, you know, you had mentioned uh, before we started the interview that you Googled a lot, you know, (laughs) and, and that not only is that time consuming to kind of teach yourself, but you're going to make mistakes, right? Yes. Um, And, and mistakes are not, I don't define them as being always negative, but it's still, you know, some of those mistakes are going to cost you money and time and, you know, you have to regroup. And um, so I think, I think information sharing would be useful in, in the circle that you're talking about, just like, oh, well, I know how to do wholesale here. Let me show you this, you know, that kind of thing. Here's a marketing strategy that worked for me. Here's a business license that you need. Absolutely. Um, Yes. Yes. And, and also the mind, the mindset, because I recognize that I struggled with fear. I struggled with fear of failure, fear of bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. My mind immediately goes to bankruptcy and homelessness, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes. Our, our minds are a powerful thing. (laughs) (laughs) So then I struggle with that and, and I have to constantly reframe things and say, no, 
this is a good thing. No, if yes. you pay for this inventory, you know, it, it, you know, there will be a return. People will buy that yes. kind of thing. <laughs> well, I really like your idea of, of a circle. So add that creation to your plate. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you've got some extra time laying around, Just, right? You know, yeah. You know, <laughs> at, at, at night, you know, a third of my day while I'm sleeping, I can, <laughs> I can work on that. <laughs> well, it, it sounds as though you are creating and have created and continue to create, create. I think our, our lives are always a work in progress, but you're creating a meaningful life for yourself in this, in this phase of your life. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And what I realized is what's important to me is to not have regret. And I felt regret settling in, in what I was doing. I felt like, okay, yes, I'm making a great paycheck. And, you know, I live in a beautiful home, beautiful neighborhood and all the things, but am I really happy? Am I really feeling whole? You know, do I really have that, you know, the relational health and mental health and all of those, those things that, you know, are important. And I realized I didn't have that. So yes. Well, our, our culture's definition of success is all the things that you had. Yes. Right. And, and have, (laughs) I I might say, I, I, I teach college level classes as well. And one of the things that I, I teach a senior seminar where people are getting ready to go out into the world and they're, you know, typically in their early twenties to mid twenties, and they've been indoctrinated that, you know, get a job that pays a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, part of my goal with that class is to, to change their mindset yes. about that so that they don't have the regrets of, oh man, I didn't enjoy my job. You know, I didn't feel there was a purpose for me there. Yes. I've got the nice house. I've got all of the superficial things, but there's something lacking quite frankly, in my soul. And for, you know, a few of them over the years who are willing to listen and and maybe do things differently, they said that kind of message is life-changing because it's very different. It is. Messaging that they get. It is. And, and again, it doesn't go away because it is so prevalent and it surrounds us. I mean, I can, I can honestly say you know, my corporate life, I had this beautiful LinkedIn profile with, you know, all of the <laughs> the you. corporate things that I've done. Oh, well, this is corporate, Tanya. You know, with all of the, the things and the, you know, the teams and the friends and, and conferences I've spoken at and things of that nature. And I was so reluctant to put, to put um, Fimdastity on there. Yeah, because I almost felt like an imposter. I almost felt like, oh, well, who is this person? And I, I had to get over that, man. So, <laughs> yeah. So are you are, do you have any tips on how to get over that? So this is probably an over 50 hack. <laughs> oh, that's you, good. You we, like, we like that. <laughs> an over 50 hack is just learning or recognizing that nobody cares as much as you think they do. Yeah. 
So, you know, we think that everybody is so hyper fixated on your post and your position and your this. No, because people got to have their own junk going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, They're (laughs) mostly interested in themselves. You know, so we're, we're, we're all just kind of going around in our little bubble, uh, you yes. know, obsessing about what's happening to us and, That's and, right. and thinking that the, the other, whatever the other is around us is paying Nobody attention. Cares. They're not. <laughs> and the ones who are paying attention are most likely cheering you on from the stands. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a good thing to remember. Because that I've I've recognized that as I've gotten more courageous with posting and putting this company out there, I get you know DMs and things of that nature. Like I cannot believe you're doing this. Good for you. I'm proud of yeah. you. You know, and, and it's like wow. Okay, you were watching. So <laughs> yeah, well, and and I think that's an important point that you're bringing up is that you your actions inspire possibilities in others. Yes. Right. You know, some of those people who are, are saying, wow, this is so great. They might be sitting in their corporate office, not feeling real great about their work and their life right now. And so you, you can be that spark, you know, the, the, the pilot light to get their new life going. So that's important. And I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit for being that kind of inspiration for people. Yes. Yeah, we do. And I I have to remember that, you know, so those are, those are filling, you know, when, when I do get those notes or how, you know, have those conversations with people, it's like, wow, okay, well, good. (laughs) It's, you know, it's not our intention, but I think it's a byproduct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to the period poverty issue. As you can tell, yeah. I'm troubled by it. On so I many love that you levels. are. I love that you are. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I love information. And, you know, when I find out that there's that I've had blinders on, you know, okay, so I feel a little bit of shame, you know, about that. But then it's like, okay, I'm going to learn everything I can about it. And I want to know strategies for how I can, you know, help alleviate. Well, I will say this is a game changer for our society. I have this conversation a lot at my booth when I meet meet women. So I either get, well, three reactions. It's the intrigue. I don't understand this, but I'm so intrigued. Let me give you my email. Or it's the women that I don't even have to talk. Just put it in the bag, right? (laughs) Take my credit card. Right. Right. (laughs) Or there are women who were just like, ew. I don't get this at all. So for those, for that third group of women, what I usually say to them is, what did your grandmother or great-grandmother do? Oh. Because this is how they live. There weren't disposables. Yes. You know, they used rags, they washed, they did things of that nature. You know, really plastics are a fairly new concept, you know, because there are lots of plastics. Mm-hmm. I can get into the whole sustainability thing, which is sure. a whole nother show. All right. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. but there are plastics in disposable products and which make them work well. Right. And so pl- the whole idea of plastics, as we know them today, water bottles and uh, plastic wear and things of that nature are really what 70, 80 years old. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, back in, back in, you know, decades ago, a century ago, our, you know, our, our, our uh, grandmothers, great grandmothers did used rags they use washables they that's what they did and so really it's just bringing that back and modernizing it yes yeah. and when I tell them that they go oh you know you're right, right? <laughs> so, how, quickly, how quickly we forget about how things were things were done well and I think it's we've you know we've in the last 70 or 80 years we're going for convenience. Yes. And, and, you know, it, the, the disposables are convenient. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and I am not, to, you only have to look at the blood for a minute, right? That's it. Right. That's it. And I'm not an advocate of do away with a hundred percent. Cause I get the convenience, you know, yes. I live in the yeah. world too, but you know, Immediately when I learned about the period poverty thing, right, and I was shocked like you are, and, you know, the engineer said, well, duh, why don't you use reusables, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) there's an alternative. There's an alternative, right? If you always had something that's available to you, whether that's a panty like mine or a pad or pads that people make. I mean, there are people in the world that actually pads, believe it or not. So yes. Yeah. One of the alternatives that I saw mentioned in some articles was the, the cup. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about the pros and cons of that? Well, and we do offer cups because, you know, we know that there, there are there are advocates of reusables and some are team cup and some are team. Okay. Human beings do like to debate. We love debate. Yeah. And they visit my booth and they're like, oh, yes, I'm Team Cup, right? So, okay. So I love the cup. I love the idea of the cup because it's a reusable, right? Yeah. The cup is a little scary for first time users. What do I do? How do I put that thing up yeah. there? I'm an advocate of the cup. I've used it. My daughters have used it. One daughter doesn't like it. One daughter says, hey, it's okay. The, the only thing is you can't see it. So there's always this wonder, especially when you're a newbie with the cup is, did I do that right? Did I put mm-hmm. that up there right? You know, so I always say for people who want to try the cup, insert it in the shower, take it out in the shower. Do not do anything okay. outside of the shower. Right? So okay. you want to try it, you know, use it in the shower and then, you know, stay home. You know, I always say, even with the panty, use it overnight first. You know, oh, so give it a you, test run. Give it a test run. Use it in, you know, within your uh, control, you know, before you go outside and wear your, your white shorts. Don't, you know, don't do that first, mm-hmm. but give it a test run. Use it at home. See if it works for you. Same thing with the cup. See if it works for you. There are people who, depending on um, their flow, they will use the cup along with the panty. And maybe it's, hey, I'm such a heavy, you know, I have such a heavy flow that I need both. Or I'm just not sure if I did this right. So let me just use the panty too. But yeah, I always say that. I'm I'm a big believer in test runs. Okay. No, I think that, I think that's great. So what can our listeners do to help alleviate period poverty. I I have this vision in my head that I really like this whole notion of post-menopausal people reaching back to assist, you know, 
pre-menopausal people. Exactly. Uh, it's just like, okay, we're bringing you along. We're helping you out. We've been through all of this. We know your pain sometimes yes. literally, and we want to help shepherd you through this. And one of our first concerns is making sure that you have the products that you need. Yes. So the first approach is normalizing the conversation, having a okay. conversation. Okay. Uh, a lot of the ladies who stop by my booth, they call TMI booth. I'm like, okay, it's a TMI booth. We will, we'll just have oh, all this funny. conversation. This is the TMI booth. And they wait, tell wait, me wait, all the stories. We can, di- we can dissect that. It- <laughs> This is the TMI that, booth. That comment and you know it kind of exposed some of the underlying uh, uh, assumptions there, but okay. So it's they- wonderful. Normalizing having conversations, yes. right? That it's a part of our life. It's a part, it's a it's a major part of our lives. And so number one, getting comfortable in the conversations about mm-hmm. it. What is what does it look like for you? Because what I've learned is there are a lot of women who are suffering with, for various reasons, it could be health reasons or some other reasons with really heavy periods that really impact the quality of their life. And I hear a lot of those stories at the booth. Yes, yes. But they don't talk about it, right? It's it's either their moms or their grandmas coming by and saying, hey, I'd like to buy this for my daughter or my niece, that kind of thing. Uh, so having the conversations, that's the first thing. The second is introducing the whole idea of reusables. I just think it makes practical sense. There's an upfront cost, but a long-term savings. It's also a bit, it's gentler, you know, because I've I've used, of course, disposables most of my life, and there are some irritants in them, right? Mm -hmm. So using something that is cotton, we, we, our, our, our product has cotton lycra. So it's basically t-shirt material yeah. and, you know, has um, bamboo as an absorbent. So, you know, these are, these are okay. familiar, natural occurring products, right? In, in nature. So using something that's a reusable, introduce cups, you know, removing that ick factor, right? Yeah. Through conversation, yeah. as well as the concept of reusables. And Really, just like you're like you've recognized opening our eyes to the fact that there's a whole community, silent community out there of people that may be impacted, whether Mm -hmm. it's low income, the homeless. I mean, we think about the homeless only, oh, you don't have food or a place to sleep, but right. What do they do when they have periods? There are women out there. Sure. They do, right? They don't have the convenience of a shower like we that we do all the time so just what does that look like for them Mm -hmm. and of course advocating for women in prison so just opening our eyes and recognizing that there's legislation so I would say reading up on the legislation Mm -hmm. reaching out to your local congressman or woman and just saying hey you know why aren't you voting for that because it's out there uh, yeah. Are there particular sources of information? I, I mean, I ran across a couple of good articles as I was doing my research for this episode, but are there resources that that sort of your go-to resources when you're educating people about the issue? My favorite resource, and they have been out there for so long, is period.org. Period.org. Yes. Okay. And I'll put that they've in the show got notes great too. 
resources and from and because of them there have been a lot of I would say they're the first but there are a lot okay. of other grassroots organizations but period.org has been out there for years there are local chapters we're hoping to start a chapter here. Um, oh, we're good. Be working okay. through that because you know why recreate the wheel, right? A sure. Jump, it, you know, there's strength in numbers there. So, but I would definitely reach out to period, uh, uh, Google, reach out to period.org. Lots of legislation and education and things of that nature. Okay. Well, thank you. Plug for that. last plug. This is a lot of people don't know. This is Menstrual Hygiene Month. May is Menstrual oh, Hygiene Month. Oh, okay. Yes. And in particular, May 28th is Menstrual Hygiene Day. So do you want to know why May 28th is Menstrual Hygiene Day? Yes, I would. Okay. <laughs> so May. Give me that story. <laughs> yes. May is the fifth month of the year. Oh, okay. And 28 days. There you go. So 28. So, you know, typical periods are five days and 20 May tw and 28 stands for the number is between periods. So. Somebody was very clever. Somebody was very clever. You'll <laughs> never forget that. I know it's great. <laughs> it's great though. In my personal experience, it was like more like seven to eight days. <laughs> yes. And instead of 28 days, it was whenever my body felt like it. Yeah. yeah. That's my life now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I want to kind of wrap this up because we've been talking for a long time, but I could continue talking to you for an even longer time. Oh yes. Um, you know, as you know, I have a candle company. And so I'm always interested in uh, scents that people enjoy and the scents memories that they have, because I think scent is a very powerful yeah. uh, memory trigger. So when you think back in your earlier life, what was your favorite scent, the fragrance that brings back some really good memories for you? Mm, I would say honeysuckle. Oh, yes. It is, I think, the most divine scent. Um, and so I grew up in New Jersey, and okay. but my grandma uh, lived in Alabama, and we would visit her one or two times a year. And when we would visit her, my cousins, you know, it's there's not a lot going on in Alabama, so <laughs> you're finding fun. And my cousins would say, "Hey, let's go, you know, pick honeysuckles and suck the nectar." Okay. And it's, the, it was the most divine experience. <laughs> oh, that's so fun to think about. Yeah. Yes. And to this day, when I walk, when I'm on a walk and I'm, you know, cause you can smell the honeysuckle way before oh, yes. you it, see it. It, it, it wafts on the, on the yes. uh, air. Yeah. It just brings me right back. It just instantly makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's great. Well, and here in Kentucky, I don't know about down in Atlanta, but the, the wild honeysuckle is blooming right now. Oh, and, and my my allergies are letting me know that. Yes. yes. <laughs> but there but I'm with that. you. It's a, it's a gorgeous. It's a gorgeous smell. Uh, so what how would you define the uh, the scent that kind of describes your life right now? Sweet. Sweet. Okay. Yes. Like cookie sweet, flour sweet. I mean, honeysuckle um, has a sweet sort of It is taste. sweet. Yes. Yeah. And, and 
I lean toward the sweet uh, uh, smells okay. and it could be because of that. So, you know, the fruity, um, lilac, just the really sweet scents. So if I'm yeah. buying a candle, I'm not buying necessarily the food sweets. I'm buying the um, the fruits, the, yeah, the natural kind the of natural. Sweet. Oh, I love that. And I wear that yeah. now. When, and yeah. I wasn't so comfortable wearing that in corporate America. How funny is that? But now I wear it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so that is really a portrayal of how you're feeling about your life right now. Yes. Absolutely. I write on that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. that's lovely. I love yeah. I love yeah. that. We'll just yes. surround you with sweet, <laughs> sweet. sweet smells always. Uh, but uh, well, Tanya, it's been great talking with yeah. you. I, I'm so appreciative of your work and your yeah. willingness to spend time talking about it with us. And I know my 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 listeners will be educated and also inspired by what Good. you're and thank you for right. what you're doing, giving us a, a voice and a platform. Thanks. Thanks. I, like, like I said earlier, I'm enjoying it very, very much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you did, please join our community on Facebook. There, you will find reading suggestions, meaningful dialogue, and additional stories of women who are going big. The link is posted in the show notes. As Betty Friedan said... Aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity. So let's do it together.